Welcome to Between Two Worlds. My name is Liz Lane and today I live in Twin Peaks. My friend Michelle Fett is known as the Log Lady. There's a story behind that. There are many stories in Twin Peaks. Some of them are sad, some funny. Some of them are stories of madness, of violence. Some are ordinary. Yet they all have about them a sense of mystery, the mystery of life. Sometimes the mystery of death, the mystery of the woods, the woods surrounding Twin Peaks. To introduce this story, let me just say it encompasses the all. It is beyond the fire, though few would know that meaning. It is a story of many, but begins with one, and I knew her. The one leading to the many is Laura Palmer. Laura is the one. Hi, my name is Liz. Hi, my name is Michelle. And we are here to talk to you about our favorite television show, one of our favorite television shows, Twin Peaks. Yes. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. How are you? I mean, it could it be better talking to a dear friend about the dearest of shows? Like, honestly, right? Some, somebody that understands my love for this strange, beautiful world. And, you know, hopefully we will find people that want to join us in this because Twin Peaks, let's face it, it is an obsession. Like, for sure. this isn't just, this isn't just a mediocre something you dabble in. Usually people that fall in love with the show, they fall in love like for life. So you go big uh, or you go home. And then there's those yes. people that go mediocre this is me being a shit, but this is there. There are those people that go mediocre and they do it for clout, and those people don't don't count to me. That's that's correct. We hate to be so bold as to say they don't have taste, but <laughs> posers. Chevron <laughs> 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 rug was great. <laughs> Red curtains. <laughs> but there are those people, and those people are just terrible. You go big Absolutely. or you go home with Twin Peaks. Yeah. Sure. How did you discover this show? My very first memory, uh, actually, my mom uh, watched the show, and oh, I was Michelle. Yeah, I was. I was about like eight, nine years old. That's going to tell you uh, how old this fossil is over here. But I well, specifically, <laughs> I specifically <laughs> remember uh, my mom. What the first memory? Memory is actually Renette walking on the train tracks. Ooh, like. It, that was for whatever reason that is so seared into my brain for and then like the second quite visual memory is the man from another place the first time we see him i was scared out of my mind i had never seen anything like that before as, as a kid but i think like in general like television didn't see anything like like that no yet so that is my very first memory. And then once I got into high school, forget it. Like I was, you know, I know we're not getting into David Lynch, but I saw Lost Highway and then, you know, it was it was all over for me. I think all of us Lynch girls hit that like high school Lynch free for all mm -hmm. where it was a racer head and then it was over. We wanted the yeah. weird. We wanted it to keep getting weirder. And Twin Peaks for me also, it was just something I wasn't allowed to watch. I was able to catch a little bit, you know, after hours that I wanted more and I wanted to know what this was. And yeah, it happened to rerun on cable. Um, and I think it was Bravo. Yeah. 
and mm -hmm. uh, I was able to, it was either Bravo or the independent film channel, but I think it was Bravo. And I was able to catch everything, everything mm -hmm. in sequence. It blew my mind. Yeah. And um, at that point, I went and got this, this silly little VHS box set, not the first one that looked like the log, but the second one where it's the green and black and white, right. which did not have the pilot, no, it by the not. way. What the fuck? Like, who puts I, out yeah. a VHS set and doesn't put the pi pilot with it? You had to buy the pilot separately. Yeah, I remember that. It's such a pride. Like, the the world of VHS collectors now, it's a prize commodity. It's apparently, you know, mm -hmm. I, unfortunately, I just, I don't have the time or, like, money to get, like, an expansive VHS collection. But uh, apparently, it, it, it's a little hard to find, which I, you know, I understand. But, yeah, that, that never made sense to me that the pilot wasn't in the thing. No. But, you know. Just ridiculous. But so what we didn't know until the pilot came to VHS, until you saw it on VHS or you saw it on the gold collection, the DVD gold yeah. collection, was that <laughs> there was two different versions of the pilot. Yeah. There was the, the pilot that we knew. And then there was the pilot that had the 20 minutes of extra footage that, wow, that like, really changed things at the end. With, yeah, with Bob. like it was that was a that was a tour de force. So um, yeah, that's I I remember searching for. I remember when if uh, like Suncoast, God, when Suncoast exists. <laughs> God, talk about going back. That um, was like a, a triggering word just now. Like yeah, Suncoast, and my whole life I'm, just yeah. flashed behind my head. Yeah. And at least we do remember the days before things were at the touch of a, of our fingertip. Like right. we had to search for shit back back in the day, and finding exactly. anything like Twin Peaks related or you know David Lynch related, what have you, most of the time it was a crapshoot. So especially finding the international pilot, that that was pretty <laughs> impossible to do. Do you have the pilot VHS with the international version? <laughs> Sir, nobody, nobody knew what you were talking about. <laughs> so we had in Nashville, we had Suncoast in Rivergate Mall, but we mm. also had Media Play, and then we had Tower Records. And Tower yeah. was where I got my box set, my first box set. But I found that pilot VHS at Media Play because Tower never carried it, and. Yeah. Like like you said, it was a whole different world. There was an instant access to this shit. Like right. you had to dig and you had to ask and you had to know people that knew what you were talking about or you were fucked. Yeah. Basically, back and then. It, I didn't know anybody that watched it. No, then. I didn't either. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was in a world all my own in my bedroom. I, like I just tried to just live in whatever fantasy world you know called to me at the time like twin peaks it never like when you when you watch twin peaks it just never leaves you so it doesn't. it's the same you know same with x-files that that world that those two worlds are what i was immersed it probably got me and then of course finding film you know that's a whole other podcast for us but just uh finding film. i mean that just kind of shaped who i was like i can't i can't even lie and say that Oh, my whole personality is just based entirely of me. No, it's based on everything I listened to and watched. And 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 I think that's especially you and I um, being of similar age, people our age in general. That's why we carry these films and these shows like mm -hmm. so seriously, because 
we don't take this stuff lightly. And we remember when we had to fucking search for stuff. Exactly. It wasn't just some flash in my phone, you know, to to find for an instant, figure out what was going on and have an entire plot divulged and then on to the next. Yeah. This was, it was a world. Yeah. It was not something anybody, it's like you were saying about the man from another place. This shit wasn't on television, especially on yeah. like regular air television, broadcast television. It, mm-hmm. it was not like this. This would have been something on cable. Um, yeah, probably if <laughs> if censors uh, would have had their way, because there were frightening moments, and mm-hmm. it was a lot more than a soap opera murder mystery. Yeah. So with this pilot. So I knew that there was an international version and that there was the U.S. version. I mm-hmm. knew that the U.S. version had premiered at Telluride originally. What I didn't know was that the international version was made because they were afraid that this wasn't going to get picked up for a show. So they made it into this mini movie to try to just wrap it up all at once so they could okay. sell it in Europe as a movie just in case it actually picked up yeah <laughs> i was not aware of that i just thought maybe you know it's david lynch and he wa- they wanted to shoot another ending for whatever <laughs> reason so let's do uh, 15 I'm, minutes of mirror shots and see yeah. what happens you know i never question him so i'm like okay, well there's two, <laughs> there's, there's two endings it's fine <laughs> So it was originally called Northwest Passage, and then they had to change that because that was a real city in North Dakota, and everybody got pissed off Mm -hmm. about it. So there was a huge script rewrite. Thank God for us, because I could not imagine this being said in North Dakota with like Fargo accents and shit. No. Mm Mm-mm. I don't think I would have fell in love with it as much. No. Well, I mean, the town, what is Nikwali? That's where it was filmed, right? That's right. Um, I mean, this town, this world that was created, I cannot picture anything else. So, my God, I don't think it, it wouldn't be as appealing, honestly, with that title. And yeah, I just, uh, this was a, it was a perfect storm. Every, every yeah. aspect of the show was done perfectly. Yeah. And that's a, perfect way to describe it as a perfect storm because it's a weird like series of accidents and strange right. mishaps and i think that's kind of how his work gels also in this weird chaos magic type way where everything is just thrown out meshed together and it works yeah for yeah. some reason but with the pilot it starts off with finding laura's body pete martell god bless him jack nance god bless pete <laughs> finding laura's body the man Mama just, just wanted, wanted to fish. fish. He wanted to get away from that bitch wife of his and just go <laughs> fish and just <laughs> have a nice morning. And, you know, he's dead wrapped in plastic. So, it, Could you imagine such a sweet little man just being married to <sighs> Catherine Martell? Like in that <sighs> world, just how awful that must have been for him. And he just seems so sweet and so naive. Yeah. Like, the character of Pete Martell just warms my heart. He just seems like a nice, a nice next door neighbor who always has coffee on. Like you know, um, <laughs> and don't get. Cat <laughs> is her name? Is it is it Piper? Piper Laurie. Okay. Amazing actress, but man, what a bitch! And that's like I I couldn't stand her from start to finish. She portrays it just perfect to the, the bitch role. Yeah, something I not to go backwards or anything, but something that I love so much about David Lynch is like with the opening 
before a line of dialogue is even said, he has crafted a world for us already. Oh, yeah. Like, and he does this, you know, he did this with his film, Blue Velvet's another a great example of just kind of telling you every, not everything you need to know, but you see the town we're in, this town, and he's kind of telling us, look, it's going to center around this mill also. Like, it's just giving you, and you put me near a coastal town, it doesn't matter where it's at, and I'm in. I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm a sucker for that kind of, that, sorry, I'm really ranting here, but just the, also, like, his way of opening something with hazy colors. Like, all of David Lynch's works, it kind of just feels like a dream. You just, yeah. it kind of just, the whole thing feels like a dream. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off, you know, on a You're fine. Tan- tangent about his introduction, but that's, you know, when getting the score right off the bat, it's lulling you to sleep into this dream world and just, you know. Well, even before anything happens, before her body's found anything, that intro alone with the, the difference between the bird and nature and everything and the sawmill coming in mm-hmm. and then the... the Battlementi score yeah. the song the theme over it is just like it gives me chills it gives me chills right now just saying it because oh, yeah. it just Absolutely. makes me think of it going into it it's established that there's a dead body it's established that it's Laura Palmer Laura's mother's looking for her she knows something's up nothing there calls the football coach looking for Bobby calls Bobby's mom all that jazz like we mm-hmm. get our introductions We're seeing all the members of this little town. Football coach Mike's right behind, like, what the fuck's he saying? You know, where's Bobby? What? And we see Leland at work and Mm. the horns were introduced to the horns originally. And like, we see this is your corporate greed. This is your business. So that's Mm -hmm. established. And everybody knew Laura was dead just immediately. They're getting the call and mom knew something's wrong. She's freaking out, you know, crying. As soon as she calls Leland and Leland's like, oh, you know, he's trying to play it off. She's with Bobby. It's okay. It's all good. And she's still, she's still pressing on. Truman doesn't have to say a word when he enters the lodge to tell Leland that his daughter's dead. He doesn't even Mm -hmm. have to say anything. Leland's like, he already knows my daughter's dead. So we know viewers, I'm sure, were, you know, didn't pick up on that at that time. But looking back at it, I'm like, oh, wow, like that was telltale clue number one that my dumbass was completely oblivious to. Did you pick up on that? Um, I I mean, with us seeing it at such a young age, no, I mean, I did not. But I, I guess you can chalk it up to just like... Uh, shock maybe like I, yeah. I didn't nobody wanted nobody wanted to think he could have done anything so uh, what captured me most with that scene was man god just like her daughter Sarah Palmer can scream like oh she my can god. <laughs> uh, Grace <laughs> sorry Grace Zabriskie um, I also love that just David likes working with who he likes to work with because she's been oh, yeah. in so many, many um, uh, of his films. But yeah, I, I, what does he say to Sheriff Truman? My, my little girl's dead when Ben Horn walks in. And that was, you know, that was really painful to hear. I, they they really captured, I mean, my, my God, I can't even imagine, but they really captured that stunned, sudden, oh my God, that grief right away. And I think we kind of picked up early on that Sarah Palmer's got a little gift or something like she, she, she knows when something is not right. So 
I think she kind of knew. She probably knew, I think. that Immediately, more... like psychic intuition, something really fucked right. up is happening. Right. And it goes to school, to the high school. Man. So, ooh. <laughs> and you're introduced to this picturesque high school like it's almost this kind of 50s vibe yeah and i guess yeah. the 50s were a big thing in the 80s there was that 50s revival so maybe yeah, that know. played into it at that yeah, time but I, it all felt very 50s it also you know how there's films tv shows where it's a little disorienting because they never fully say what decade this is like yeah i don't know it, it follows like, yeah stuff so it, just that little aspect right there kind of it's a little bit jarring. So you think that I've never even thought. See, this is why I love talking to you about stuff. Yeah, I've never even thought that that he was bringing in these '50s elements or these elements from other eras just to kind of throw us off. But like, right. look at fucking I mean, Audrey. I exactly the the saddle shoes kind of just kind of mm -hmm. just snap you into something, some other kind of world. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's this is 1990, so cell phones. We're not dealing with that, but it is kind of a situation where, you know, with the diner and like, what, what decade are we in? It could honestly be, <laughs> it, it could honestly be any, he could have, I think, you know, not to like, I would never speak for Sir David Lynch, but I think the fifties were a tremendous influence, you know, considering, mm -hmm. you know, his age and whatnot. So I'm sure he wanted to add that into the. Sorry, Oscar's going to be in this shot. That's okay. Tony Hawk's right behind me. <laughs> this but, is a um, cat-friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, getting introduced to the school and how some of the people dressed, I'm like, it looks like we're going to a sock hop. I don't really, right. <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. A sock but, hop so filmed in 1989, or that's supposed to be uh, happening in 1989 that aired in 1990. Right. It just, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump the shark yeah. on this episode because I have to, because it, it's unnerving and it's the only part of my favorite television show that unnerves me is that when we're introduced to the high school and we're, we're going through the hallway and uh, we see Donna, then we meet James Hurley. <laughs> I should have some sort of automated James Hurley foghorn or something. Just go oh, burr, burr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trombone. But, um, so you, we're introduced to James, and uh, he tells Donna the whatever he says, the, the nice day for a picnic oh, or some man. shit. And I'm like, shut up immediately. Oh, Even before immediately. I knew James Hurley was a very annoying character, I was just like, shut up. Just, yeah. No. I, I'm so glad you brought that part up because there's <laughs> something also when he's like, picnic, and he's like, <gasps> and he puts it. <laughs> <laughs> He puts his hands in his pockets and he's like, picnic. And I'm like, you're supposed to be a biker, like part of this kind right. of thing. Tough dudes, you know, the book house boys. Book house boys. Shut the fuck up, James. I can't. Yeah. I, <laughs> no. I'm already, I'm like. Your is uncle is, is Ed Hurley and you're this sucky. How does that happen? How did the <laughs> genetics not pass? Your uncle is Big Ed and here you are. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. So that part just is unnerving. And when they're disclosing 
in school that Laura has died, there's the one girl that runs that cracks me up every time. The girl that runs yeah. outside of the classroom screaming before it's disclosed. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> that, what's, what's her story? Well, like, I need we her backstory. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the Twin Peaks spinoff. <laughs> Random girl running away. And then there's James's pencil break and stupidity. But Donna's cry. The cry yes. heard round the world. <laughs> the cry heard round the world. I mean. Do this you think that was intentionally get. bad? I think this is the, we're seeing brief moments of the soap opera. Because, you know, later on in season two, we get more of that soap opera ridiculous kind of storyline. But I think maybe they were thinking, let's be a bit melodramatic here. I, and I don't know, maybe he was, hey, really, really sell this, kids. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, um, cry until you puke. I don't know what was worse, the 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 Donna crying, you know, holding herself, hold, you know, oh, clutching cool. her, or James's forehead nearly popping out of the screen, <laughs> just, just slowly rising. How did it take over the whole screen? I don't understand. <laughs> like, please don't show him again because I think they showed it twice, and I'm like, I can't. Please, third time is not the charm. Right. This. Let's just let that let that go. And I, yeah. I I hate to shit talk a character that obviously David Lynch loves because I mean we'll get into the return at some point, but he's mentioned, you know, and he's got the a bit in the return and obviously he was trolling the people like me and like you that just can't take that character yeah. in the return. Mm -hmm. He holds that character special, so I hate to shit talk, but buddy, right. the character of James Hurley really grinds my gears. Oh, yeah. And I just hate to be that way, but but I am. Yeah, I, I never understood the the setup of him, meaning I never understood, like, obviously, he had this thing with Laura, which we'll, you know, I'm sure touch on. But also Donna, like the whole it, the the dynamics of their relationship always uh, bothered me. And I don't really I can't really explain why, but I sure you know what I'm talking about. Well, the it's it's a strange thing. Okay, let's just go ahead and establish this. Everybody's fucking everybody in the town of Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah. Even the everybody. kids. Everybody's fucking everybody. Do. Yeah. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> They're a town of <laughs> whatever it shows, fifty one thousand two hundred and one. And that one obviously because it's about to, you know, not exist. They they don't it's a small town. They don't have anything else mm -hmm. to do. This is their drama. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> that said, going back to all of this, so let's let's go ahead and explain this. Laura's in a relationship with Bobby, but she's also seeing James. And all of right. that is is laid out for us in this pilot episode. Yeah. We don't know anything else about Laura other than uh, like romantically, other than she's Bobby's girlfriend it's shown in the beginning that bobby is having an affair with shelly mm -hmm. even though he's dating laura palmer and that james is having an affair with laura even though she's dating bobby so right. everybody's fucking everybody off the bat but then later we bring in the donna dynamic to james and it makes us just not like him that much more right 
Like you, what? So we're supposed to believe you were in really in love with Donna, but it took Laura dying for you to figure that out. Like how weird. <laughs> and your best friend is gonna be fucking your dude, or like you know, after you die. It's what? Just, it's, it's yeah. I mean, see, when we finish up here, I'm gonna hate him even more, which I didn't yeah. even think was possible. It, so that's, when that's, you really start talking about James, <laughs> and then you get into his subplot later on. It, oh. You get to a point where you, you just wish you could extract that entire character and everything out of this and throw it out the window. Absolutely. Because honestly, he didn't really do anything no. worthwhile. Now, in the return, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. We know he's around. <laughs> he's there. He's around later. He's there. But um, yeah, he didn't really do anything productive so we we go back from the the school's established everything's happening everybody knows that laura's passed and the police have come to talk to laura's parents at home sarah's mm -hmm. being off the wall batshit yeah very incredibly upset and dramatic yes. <laughs> which i love but when it yeah. goes away from that and it goes to the sawmill and it goes to mm -hmm. jack nance counting I swoon at that scene every time I see it because I love yeah. him so much. I, I love him too. I don't, I, I love Josie Packard. I think that was a character that she had a lot of like, she could have had an interesting story. I think like it, it, it she was very like, obviously just dropped into this world once, you know, when right. she got married and then her husband died. But I thought there could have been something to her. I, you know, that's one thing I wish she could have been like flushed out a little bit more. Me I don't too. know. She kind of intrigued. She kind of intrigued me. And I really, quite frankly, you know, I love me some Sheriff Trump. Like, who? And, and he, uh, let, when he, uh, so when it gets to the point where it discloses towards the end, where it discloses yeah. Sheriff Truman and and uh, Josie's fling or their love mm -hmm. you root for him so much because you're like this mm -hmm. dude rules he loves her it's very obvious that he loves her and yeah you want that to happen but then we don't know yet you yeah. know we don't know josie's story we don't know what's going on with her we just know that she is extremely sweet you know she mm -hmm. appears very sweet she's trying to shut down the mill in remembrance of laura palmer Catherine's being a bitch and bubba pulls the plug anyways because he rules yeah as Whatever he says, who is he talked to? Is he say shorty pull the plug or something yeah. like that? <laughs> just yeah. done. And yeah. it's so great. And that sets us up for later when she comes to his home as he's gutting the fish. Yeah. Top ten favorite scenes in Twin Peaks ever is there's a fish in the percolator. Oh. Absolutely. Because who doesn't love a man that's so forgetful? I feel like with me, I want to say that I would be cool like Laura Palmer. You know, or I want to say that I would be mini P.I. like Audrey. In reality, yeah. I would be Pete Martell. In reality, my ADHD brain is Pete Martell. And I would literally leave a fish in the percolator. Uh, but I, I'm right there with you. In reality, I'm the long lady. Like, I, I mean, I'm pro. <laughs> But we all want to be, be Laura. We all want to be Audrey. Nobody wants to be Donna. But we're nobody just, wants to be Donna. We're not. We're not. I want to be. I, I want to look like Shelly with her the most gorgeous eyebrows. Oh my on god! The most gorgeous. She is absolutely. She doesn't I'm age. Not even, no, I not. I am not even. I'm not even playing around when I say she is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen to this day. There's something about her. I've seen pretty much everything she's been in, and I just. Uh, 
Yeah, I want to say yes. I am. Uh, I am Shelly. I am. What is it? Amic. Madkin Amic. Let's just go um, ahead and give the disclaimer. We will butcher names in the show. And it doesn't mean we don't love them. No, except James, it just means we can't like, pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> we can't pronounce names like we like we were talking about before this show um before we started recording these are names that we read and these are names that aren't yep. typically said to us right tom mclaughlin right. yes it's said to us cheryl lee cheryl yeah. finn those names are said to us madkin amic yeah. is not something it's... that's said over the coffee talk you know yeah. or the water cooler so but we mean what well so we do, so and we can, love these people. people can just people can calm down. Yeah, <laughs> take a have a coke and a smile. <laughs> but Madkin Amick, we only get the little glimpse of her with Bobby, and we get the little glimpse of her husband's semi, and we know that like oh. it like her husband's bad enough to where Bobby doesn't want to take her home. So we, we know, know there's that something. Breaks, with that- yeah, we know with him slamming the brakes. Yeah, he's this isn't a this isn't a good guy. So right, you know. So we we know that we know that little bit of her, and let's go back to we've gone through the sawmill, we've paused everything, we've had the the issue with uh, Josie and and Catherine. So we know that there's conflict there. After that, a little bit later. That's the Ronette moment when mm-hmm. Ronette is found by the, uh, she's crossed state lines and she's found by that worker outside. That's an mm-hmm. awful feeling scene because she's so disoriented and dirty and like something really bad's happened. Yeah. You, you, you already know there was a horrific assault of, of, of some kind um leaving the uh just like like i mentioned before that there's something about that scene is just so seared into my seared into my brain and she still has like the binds on her hands still like and just uh completely disoriented and you know barely clothed it's a very it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to watch especially my god for like a a younger person yeah that might have been that might have been the first time I had ever seen a scene where a woman looked like something really horrible happened to her. And, you know. Same for me. Um, even just, you, you know, doing the rewatch, that might have been the first time that I saw a teenager that was yeah. that. I totally forgot. In, in she's a, she's a that teenager. State. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a hard pill to swallow, but I can't imagine how well that went over with censorship and ABC at the time in 1990, yeah. but I'm glad it did. So we, we go from Ronette and then we're introduced to not too long after that, Ed and Nadine. And uh, maybe I'm Nadine. That's, what I, I, no. that's <laughs> what I was just thinking. I was like, maybe I'm Nadine. I'm a little psycho too. So. I could be. I don't care about drapes though, so I'm going back to Log Lady. But yeah, we are <laughs> we are introduced to Big Ed's uh, painful situation. <laughs> wow, and and the thing about it is, growing up now, like me in middle age, I know those couples. Oh no, I, I know those. Know. Yes, where one is know. just stuck. And they're just yeah. there and like they feel like there's just no hope, but they're going to deal with it because it's the right thing to do. 
And I think that's why it's harder now to (laughs) to watch them because I know people like that. Yeah. But she is blown adults where we really see like what couples are are like behind clothes. Not all, (laughs) but some a lot. Um, Yeah. But what some couples are like behind closed doors. So, you know, definitely staying out of I don't know. <laughs> Saying out of the psycho zone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let Ed and Nadine be your example that if uh, somebody starts being psycho about drapes, drape runners, silent drape runners, or somebody starts uh, acting so out there that it's causing you mental turmoil, leave the situation. You are not stuck Please. like Big Ed yeah. in, in this situation. But I think the dynamic between the two is wonderful. And they're such Mm. great paired together elsewhere, like people under the stairs. Like they just work together. Yeah. They really do work well together. They work well off of each other. Yeah. So we we go from Big Ed (laughs) and Nadine and we get the, the man of the show, the star of the show, the man that is, I think, everybody's dream boyfriend like, oh my goodness growing up like being a teenager and getting submersed into this world this was the man that we wanted to grow up this, and marry i mean between can you imagine like with with you and i but like between him and fox Mulder, there's no <laughs> boy that could have even compared like are no. you kidding me and like, patrick swayze <laughs> yeah we, the, we got mean, our the, trifecta my, my beautiful trifecta i Boys at school, ew, gross. I'm not, <laughs> not interested. But <laughs> Dalton um, Fox and Dale. Yeah, that's it. And what I love is we're almost 40 minutes in. We don't even get Dale Cooper until like all like th- between. Mm-hmm. I think it's like between 35 to 40 minutes when we actually see him. And I mean, my God, what an introduction of a character. He's so specific. Like this is this sets us up to know this man is very detail oriented. This yeah. man talks to a secretary in his tape recorder like right, yeah, he's having right. a full-on conversation with another person in the room or in the car in this instance. It's crazy we actually we meet a character called Diane that we don't meet. So right. we are we're very We know with she's Diane. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know she is. He's just uh, and immediately like Obviously, this is a man working for the FBI, but also complete like childlike wonder. He can't believe where he is and what trees are these. And, you know, <laughs> as W.C. Fields really... would say, um, I'd rather I'd rather be here than Philadelphia. Just what? <laughs> yeah. And then you find out that David Lynch wrote this character specifically. Like this is one of the aspects of the show that he wrote. And he says, I threw in things that I would say into this character well now we get that um because i i you know what for the fan that i am i was not aware of that and the quote about because he grew up in philadelphia didn't he mm-hmm. didn't david lynch grow- okay well see that's something that totally went over my head i didn't and now that you say that i'm like of course he would freaking put that <laughs> put that in in there um it's good but stuff. we also we also want like since we only are in about 40 minutes I'm also wondering, you know, with my many rewatches, why is the FBI called in? Because we don't know, you know, we don't don't really know know the whole. We're thinking right now this is horrible and unfortunate, but a girl was murdered. Why is the FBI here? Yeah. Yeah. Why do we have somebody driving out from the FBI? From it's just that part was 
there's a lot we we were wondering we didn't we didn't know about at the time so then we start seeing little bits mm -hmm. eventually when he meets truman at the hospital morgue or I, when he's talking to him in the hallway and he tells him straight up you know there's small town sheriff most people have a problem with FBI and I need to know that this is not going to happen. Truman's like, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm here for the help. Do what you got to do, yeah. bud. And you see that the dynamic between the two is going to be absolutely badass I from the get-go. I love that they just kind of immediately became best friends. Yes. I, just, I really was just quite taken with their relationship. It was very just obviously dealing with a murder, but it was also very sweet because you can tell, you can probably tell that neither one of them have any friends. Like, right. And it was just, there was definitely a bond formed. And then the other men that Cooper, you know, meets later on, you can tell he forms some really nice friendships. So it's, you know, that was, it was a nice introduction to them working together. It's so good. Having a friendship. Yeah. Every really watching is. that just made me feel so good. And that's, I don't think I've ever really paid attention as closely to that dynamic as I did with this free watch for this show, because it's just there. The chemistry is there yeah. just immediately in that hallway. Yeah. So we also find out that Coop is wanting to look at fingernails. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why you need to look at fingernails? But okay, maybe that's a an FBI thing. But like, that's our clue into this is bigger than what we think. Right. For our second clue, FBI has been called in fingernail issue. What the fuck? Yeah. So Ronette is in her coma type state, her neurological damage state, and she does not have the fingernail problem. So yeah. we're, we're good with that. We're good for her, but she's not responsive. Right. And they dig deeper after, you know, discovering everything that they've discovered and they've got everything that was Laura's belongings in their conference room. And they've pull out the diary. They pull out a tape and they pull out the, the key. I love it when Coop says, you know, I bet this is going to test positive for cocaine. And Truman's like, no way. And he's like, bro, you don't know kids. Yeah. You know, basically just like, yeah. And it's uh, also showing Sorry, go ahead. No, it, it's I was going to go where you were going to go. Probably is that it's showing how much he knows about what's going mm -hmm. on before he's even yeah. dove into it. Right. And man, the minute the minute we that diary has haunted us for how many years now? Laura Palmer's diary, <laughs> like the missing pages. It's like it, it is we are we're still wondering about it. Third, four, almost 40 years later. Right. <laughs> like, uh, so that was, that was really something. Uh, her diary, people listening to this know about Laura Palmer's, Palmer's diary. We but hope they when do. we find out, well, now, now they do. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> we find Pumsers. out later on. Yeah. But <clears throat> Chevron, uh, we find out later on in Fire Walk with me how important the diary is. So, you know. But anyway, yeah, I, I was going to say exactly what you said. It introduces us to the fact that, you know, I just mentioned uh, Dale Cooper exhibit exhibits like childlike wonder. But this is a man who knows his shit. He works for the FBI. He's kids are not as innocent as we would like to think they are. And Laura Palmer, unfortunately, was was one of the one of those. So, right. Like this ain't his first rodeo, buddy. Yeah. We get into that tape that's found. 
and we want to know who recorded it. And they bring Bobby in for interrogation. <laughs> when he's watching the video, Dana Ashbrook's face. There's so much with Dana Ashbrook. Like, I know he's the asshole of the right. show now. He's the asshole of the show. That said, I want to say that he was directed to be his facial expressions are fucking priceless in that interrogation in that on that conference room in the interrogation like his facial expressions are priceless i i totally agree he honestly has some of the best lines in the first few episodes like yeah. he really does he really knows how to deliver some lines and in a really serious setting like this he still kind of not makes you laugh, but it's like he's just such a colorful, like boisterous character. Um, and he's now he's finding out my girlfriend was cheating on me. But I've been <laughs> so, cheating on her this whole time. Yeah, but this like, is wrong. Yeah. She wouldn't do this to <laughs> me. I am. Yeah, I'm devastated. But, you know, Shelly has my heart. So it was. <laughs> but they're kids. You know, there's right. We see them as adults, but we're still we. They're in high school. It's so, high school drama, know. essentially. Yeah. It's so cool to me when, to this day, when Coop is able to zero in on Laura's eye in the video and sees the motorcycle and he's like, boom. Yeah. How did he, how did he get that far in her eyeball? Like, I don't, <laughs> he, he must, he must have really like, again, this is somebody who knows what he's doing. He's right. He knows what to look for. He knows, you know. I think he kind of knew, like, right off the bat, Laura had secrets. So, you know, he's going to zoom in on whatever he can to try to find out. Right. And they know in this diary that she's going to meet Jay. Yeah. So they're looking around for Jay names, and there's little red herrings here and there. Mm -hmm. But when they follow Donna, who just sucks and leaves her house she's like she's got the best parents in the world oh my like, god her, I dad, had... her dad's great right her like, dad's great could you imagine growing up with dr hayward if that would have been my dad i would be a totally different person <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> me too uh, just, like i probably uh, wouldn't have the issues that i have today yeah uh he just he seemed like a very nurturing protective wholesome man yeah, he's Loved got this him. wife in the wheelchair and he's got these two daughters yeah. and he's like, would do anything for these daughters. It's very apparent. She just fucking right. as, leaves a house, meets James at the roadhouse and we're introduced to, to Julie Cruz. R.I.P. <sighs> R.I.P. Queen. So what that a, was a beautiful woman and beautiful yeah, voice. She really created uh, somebody else that created a world like to me, like the roadhouse, I, I wanted to ask you about this too. Obviously, I've kind of from the get go, this kind of feels like a dreamlike state to begin with, with the with, you know. But Agreed. the roadhouse, the roadhouse to me seems like it exists outside of time and space. There's something mm -hmm. about inside that place that feels very otherworldly to me. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on if you do you see what I'm talking about? Oh, do yeah. You, do you agree? Okay. Exact, oh, I feel the exact same. And that carries over also in the return, too, where mm -hmm. the roadhouse is just its own little inner world. Once you're in, everything just goes away. You see all those bikers in the roadhouse, listen, like these rough bikers listening to Julie Cruz. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Like... <laughs> and you buy it, hook, line, and sinker, yeah. because it is so dreamlike. 
and poor Ed just trying to have a date with the real love of his life. <laughs> love of his life. <laughs> and all this and shit happens. I know. And they're so sweet together. And I love the dynamic between Norma and Ed. And it's she's uh so she's so beautiful. Like dude, it's just kind of she was a goddess. Yeah, she was really something. And I mean, there's many. All the women in this show are lovely. But, that's true. Uh, she she was really like a, quite an ethereal uh, looking character, truly. So she really but, she's just a she was a beautiful woman. Her daughter's really beautiful oh too. My, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we see Shithead and Mike are coming in. Here come Bobby and Mike. They're gonna fuck shit up. They're mad. He knows it's James. You know, so he's coming in there to just beat everybody up. But the bikers are going after them and they funnel the one biker funnels Donna out to meet James. And See, I, I like I like that guy. I, we don't even know who that guy is. I like that guy more than James. That's what I, I like was going guy. to. If that guy with that long hair would have yeah. been our guy or if that guy could have played the James role and like done it a little cooler like that guy was cool yeah. as hell yeah he he was sitting he was well listening to julie cruz he had a, his arm around a, a woman so he, he had a date there but he had a job to do he's like i gotta get this dumb girl i gotta get this dumb girl <laughs> on here. <She> go. <laughs> go see james from um, my buddy if you don't mind really quick i also something that bothers me about this scene which as a woman you can relate also we see no one but ed coming to donna's aim I know that the, yep. that always bothered me. Like every, and this just goes to show, like this shit would happen now. Like the people want, <laughs> right? People wouldn't intervene. I know that the bikers did come, did get involved with the fight, but initially, I'm like, no one's gonna. She's screaming. No one's helping this girl get away from this stupid abusive guy. Yeah, yeah. No. I, that bothered me. But yeah, sorry, go go but, ahead. I just I need to touch another... on that because that always bonus yeah. for the character of big ed yeah. because yeah. he's like fuck this yeah you know he's old, an old-fashioned you know old-fashioned man mm -hmm. you know we're lacking the good ones yeah. like big ed they, um, they drop and they're dropping like flies they're dropping they're they're turning into situationships <laughs> and fuck boys oh gross okay <laughs> so oh. he he gets donna cool biker gets donna out donna goes to meet james and then shit gets weird because Coop and Truman are following. They lose them for the moment that she's, or the moments that she's with James. But they're, he's trying to tell her about the events that transpired the night that she died. And how she screamed and she said she loved him and but she was possessed and all this stuff. And they just start fucking making out. And, and it's like, this, these, these are the reasons we hate you as characters. Mm -hmm. It's because how was this like I know this was written for them. Mm -hmm. This doesn't this is the part of the pilot where I really cringe up. I, I, I cringe up also, especially because it's not, you know, they're they're wondering if they should kiss and they just have a, a quick little peck. It was like a passionate looking situation. Right. And um and then he's like, I'm not sorry. And I'm like, Ooh. were you ever? Yeah. <laughs> And then James, I'm like, this is the special romantic moment 
why exactly did you need to go see him? You really just wanted to make out with him. Just That's say it. it. It's exactly. Just, just, say just it. spill it, Donna. So they get caught. They, they bury his half necklace and they get caught. And James is sent to jail where Bobby and Mike are already. And I fucking love this scene so much because... Me too. <laughs> the the interaction between Bobby and James, and then when Bobby and Mike start the barking, I that love is, it. I don't know why, oh, but that's too. the. It's so over the top and exaggerated and prolonged. Yeah, it's it, it. It reminds me. Speaking of God, speaking of prolonged, the return with the sweep <laughs> in the floor. That's exactly what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Instead but, of seven minutes and, of sweeping the floor, we got like three minutes or four minutes of barking. And I love that Bobby's like balls to the wall doing it. And James is looking like a little, like he's like shriek. He's like <laughs> shrinking down. He's got his, his, his fists kind of balled up. Like, what are you going to do, James? You You're not biker wannabe. Cause Bobby could totally take that guy. Oh, so yeah. I don't like the mic character he because he was just i mean obviously he's uh like a second not even a secondary character because we really don't see him but yeah like where who thought of the bar where did it come from <laughs> I, obviously i don't bobby marking some type of territory like i'm gonna i'm the alpha dog oh, that makes yeah. sense i didn't yeah, think of that think, yeah that i think that's what it is and it's james so we can make fun of him all i'm seeing <laughs> is you know, I don't make I don't make fun of the way people look. Don't don't get me wrong. But all I saw was the forehead between the, <laughs> Just the forehead and jail bars. <laughs> Same. I and look. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's not listening to this. He's not going to be listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but <laughs> in real life. But look, James Marshall. Uh, it no. I it no. It's not. It's not you, James Marshall. It's James Hurley. <laughs> That we don't like. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not you personally. It's exactly. the character you, that you play. And he actually got more attractive later. And he he did get more attractive later. As he got like, older. It, yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. 500%. Bobby, though, I think of all, like the interaction between Coop and Bobby and Truman in the interrogation room. And I think about like the when Coop knows he didn't do it. And he types it yeah. out on that calculator and gives it over to Truman. Like he did not do it. And he's, oh, yeah. Okay. Bobby's being such an ass and that he played that role so well that when we get on to everybody later, I don't know why, but the turnaround just makes him feel like so much hotter. Mm -hmm. Like the turnaround from complete asshole to trying to redeem the care or redeeming your character yeah. and doing things for his dad or like doing things in honor or memory of his dad or for the sake of what his dad would do, which we briefly get a little bit of Garland in the very beginning yeah. of this with the Sarah phone call, but we don't quite know yet where Bobby is coming from. If Garland Briggs was my dad, how fucking cool would that be? Like these kids had oh no idea of how cool the parents really were. Something. Yeah, he was, and he really did love his son. Yeah, you I mean, could, he, you could definitely tell. So big time. So it it goes from all of this towards the end and hiding the necklace and everything, and like Donna lying to to Coop and saying. She didn't know who oh, filmed God. that and all that stuff. That, I forgot about, about that. that scene. 
Yeah. There's a, re- there's a reason you forgot because it sucks. It's so bad. And she acts <laughs> that so poorly. And I just want to, like, if that were a teenager, if that were my teenager, yeah. just like my teenager wouldn't do that, though. Like, right. My teenager wouldn't lie. What the hell was that? Again, this, and, and, this girl from these great parents just acting like a complete shit. All she had to say was, be honest, James recorded this. Yeah. That she loved him so much that she couldn't say it. What did she say? Some hiker? She said some she random She says like person. some female motorcyclist or something. <laughs> something stupid. Something so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb that I tried to forget it. That's, that's <laughs> That scene, that's another cringeworthy scene in the pilot. But not as cringeworthy I, I, as that kiss or kisses. Not to talk, yeah. Oh, that was that was bad. Not to t- even talk about reality, but I can't even because I know Kyle and uh, Laura Flamboyle were in a relationship for many years. Yeah, and I just can't even. Pi- I can't even picture it. I don't. I've seen pictures. I mean, of, of them together, but I just. That's another know. hard pill to swallow. Outside of everything, <laughs> is wow. She Donna. Got to be in a relationship with Coop. Yeah. Like, wow. not that Kyle McLaughlin is Coop, but, you know, that's Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, wow. Kyle McLaughlin. A big, a, a BFD. Woo. BFD. So, <laughs> yeah. So we, we get to the end of this, and this is where everything is flipped on its head for the international version. Because when we finally get to the end of all the shit, we have Laura's mom, Sarah, having the dream and vision that somebody in a glove is coming to get that necklace that James Mm -hmm. and Donna buried. And she's seeing all this stuff and then she wakes up freaked out and that's how we end it. Mm -hmm. But international version said, Oh, hell no. And so this is the, let's give them, let's give them everything. Yeah. (laughs) This was the, we want to make this a movie that we could sell in Europe in the event that this did not get picked up for television. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. Mm -mm. But then he ends up using, so it goes from Sarah having the dream about the necklace to Sarah having the dream of Bob. And seeing Bob behind the bed scares the shit out of me every time I see it. Every time. Uh, that's also another scene from when I was younger that I remember seeing and being like, holy, holy, holy crap. Yeah. Just wow. thinking about it. I'm I'm like, oh, oh, it's hard to fathom that this man, Frank Silva, was on set working with this crew and they said, don't get pinched into this furniture. And David Lynch was like, wow, he looks really cool behind that furniture. Think I'm going to throw him in at some point or do something with him. So in that scene. At the dream scene in the in that version, you see Bob, his reflection in the mirror, and that's mm-hmm. the mistake that he made that where he was like, you know what, keep the shit and let's put that guy behind the furniture and get him pinned behind some furniture because we're going to make this guy our bad guy. And it fucking works brilliantly. How? I mean, who? Who else could have been Bob? Now we, now we can't even picture anybody else as Bob. No like, way. What? What another serendipitous moment for this show? Because there's so many, like, right. and that guy had to. That guy had to be like blindsided. Like, oh, now I'm in a in a show, and what a tremendous, scary job he, he did with uh, not many lines, but Mm-mm. the lines that he did have just 
Ooh, and in this, at you big time. In that international version in the ending, seeing him in the hospital, in the basement of that hospital, with whatever he's doing with the candles and shit, that scares the shit out of me to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't deal with it. Bob, in Doesn't any say... sort of fashion, scares the shit out of me. But with the candles yeah. and he's hunched over. Yeah. And he's like, I will kill again or mm -hmm. something or something like that. But I promise I will kill again. We get the spill from Mike, the one-armed man. So Mike mm -hmm. calls Coop at his hotel. He's at the Great Northern. He calls him and he's like, I need to meet you. I got to tell you some shit. Coop shows up at the hospital and he tells him the whole spill that we will hear later so in the international version, we hear this in the in the U.S. version, we don't. He gives him the spill about, you know, we lived above the convenience store and this is what we did. And we're like, and you're just sitting there like, what the fuck? Could you yeah, imagine like, <laughs> not having a frame of reference whatsoever and being a European and watching this show and being like, what, what? Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> that, it was a real, real departure. And I'm saying a lot like... I, I cannot imagine, like, and if you're going to make it a movie or something, <laughs> how it would even, what, okay, what does this, what does any of it mean? Right. And it, hell, we didn't, hell, we didn't know what it meant until, until, really, until much, much later. So, right. you know. And you're, you're kind of stunned out of your gourd, and I can't imagine how the Europeans were yeah. in 1990, but he says, you know, he was touched and had the tattoo on his left arm then he cut his arm off to get rid of it because he he was reformed you know my name is mike his name is bob and we're like mm. okay and truman and coop go downstairs in the basement area and find bob with the candles and he says you know all the shit that he says and says i will kill again mike comes in shoots him and dies I <laughs> what <laughs> end scene uh, the end it was very it was very bizarre <laughs> so could you imagine somebody watching that and not knowing like somebody watching that in 1990 and oh not God, knowing no. anything I I... behind it and just being like what the fuck did i just watch is that what people I think when they watch like well obviously like i would think the first time around that i watched eraserhead or the first yeah. time around that i you know i watched blue velvet you know what the fuck did i just watch I purposefully, I don't want to see the international pilot ever again. <laughs> just, just, just for that, it, it really, it chops it up way too much. And it's it just does. So much, it's so much more than that. And so. I'm glad that they were able to, or David Lynch was able to take the 25 years later in the lodge moments or that scene and use it later. I am glad yeah. for that. But how would anyone have known what had transpired with Coop, why he was in, what the Black Lodge was even, yeah. why he was in this place and aged 25 years, why Laura Palmer was living in this place or alive, what seemed to be alive in this place, and who Little Feller was. Yeah. <laughs> <Little> <laughs> How would they have known let's any call of that? It, let's call him that because otherwise it's an incredibly frightening visual that really worked well. Like, Ooh. what seeing him kind of like turn his back to you kind of just shaking like it was just a very oof i'll never forget it the hands the, that, the yeah. hands get me every time the sound the, with hands, the hands i mean we both know how david lynch is with sound and yeah. like what he creates with like 
he I believe he does have an obsession with electricity, like the currents of electricity. So I, he really, yeah, nobody knew. Nobody knew what the Black Lodge even was. Like no, <laughs> nobody no. knew what nobody knew what was what was transpiring with this. But I mean, we can just thank our thank our stars that it was picked up. Yeah, I don't know why it was picked up. Probably you know. Uh, Mark Frost was quite a name. I mean, David Lynch yeah. was quite a name, and they, you know, I don't, I don't remember the name of what they did. They wrote something, and it that wasn't picked up. So then they wrote some. They wrote Twin Peaks. I, I don't remember the first thing that they did that just wasn't, didn't pan out. But um, it again, it was just I. David Lynch needed Mark Frost, and Mark Frost needed David Lynch for this because well, it, I couldn't imagine know, anything could get written linear wise no. without mark frost and nothing could be written in a soap opera way to keep a viewer hanging for the next episode in yeah. a way that mark frost could do that on the flip side of that who's going to write a character like agent dale cooper who's going to bring in these moments of crazy strobe which in the morgue the light bulbs going out yeah. and that was that was another serendipitous moment yes. where the lights going out and they're like oh shit we're gonna replace that light bulb let's redo this and david lynch is like no this fucking rules let's keep this that's it's perfect flashing light. it's perfect and that continues through the whole thing like you said electricity is a mm-hmm. is a huge theme in the show and i'm sure uh, it was because of that accident it has to be like apparently and i'm gonna go because you already know i'm gonna go back and watch this damn thing again um <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm going to sit here and make Brandon watch it and yell at him about stuff because that's what I do. And quit and quit and quiz him. Yeah. Brandon, if you don't pass, you know, (laughs) no more Taco Bell. No more Taco Bell. No more more Bob Blast, sir. Apparently, I read too, and I'm going to have to go back and put, put the volume on Max when Sarah Palmer, when she's on the phone with Leland. And Leland gets the news and she screams and she dro- drops the phone. Apparently you can hear but like buzzing electricity, like in the, like when she drops the phone, Oh! apparently the phone, there's like a buzzing coming out of it. So that's just one of the, um, I got, I went down some rabbit holes that stucked my life. Like uh, hours go by when I fall down a rabbit hole, boom, what year is it? I don't even, I don't even know, but I'm going to go back and listen. Apparently there's many instances in the show where it's apparent throughout the entire, like electricity is always. And we don't, we don't pay attention, but we hear it, you know, and we see it and we like, we're not the majority of folks our first watch through or whatever. We're just like, wow, this is very weird. And, and, you know, again, sound design, things are very weird for us. But when when you're so heavy into it and the way that we are and a lot of people that we know now are mm-hmm. we search for those things and we find those yeah. things and we make those connections and i think that's what makes this show so fucking cool is that you can't rewatch it the same way twice because oh, yeah. of those you things do, you notice uh things more there are there are things that I notice and I don't even I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the stamp show. Like I, there are things to this day with each episode. I'm like, oh, OK, well, uh, also, I just real quick. I don't want to miss the scene where they have all. I also think it's really cute, a cute moment when they have all the donuts. Well, a very so, t- 
very when I rewatched this for this show. Yeah. <laughs> the the scene where she's calling, where Lucy's calling, they come in the conference room and they have all the two times two stacked donuts. And she's telling Truman that she's got the extra jelly for Coop. And I was thinking, damn, if Michelle and I could just walk into a room where there were two of each fucking donut and just sit down, like, how much fun would we have? Like, I know we would be in the gym for an hour afterwards, Wait, but see, it would but be this, so fucking this, worth it. We know each other because we're, we're talking about the gym. Well, we, <laughs> we, know, we, know, we know we'll be in the gym. <laughs> If we, if you and I do not get to Tweed's Cafe to have coffee and pie before we die, I'm, I am going to be very upset. I know. Like, Why is his life is, worth living at that point? How we don't there get people, there. Seriously, because, you know, not to diss on the people that live there and don't know how special it is, because I'm sure they do. If people are going into Tweed's once a week to have pie and some coffee and they just leave like it's no big deal, it you better... You better count your blessings if right. you live out there and you are living in that environment. And it is a dream to be able to go and see, you know, I know it's not the Great Northern anymore, but to elite. And I know the sign isn't the same, but to just go to all those places. Well, they were be. doing that that festival annually. And that was like my thing. I was going to save up and go to that festival and it was going to be awesome. And now I'm able to do it. And they stopped having the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> Just, um, and you mentioned uh, Lucy because she's one of my Kimmy Robertson. She's so and perfect. Our dear friend, Bethany Watson, could totally play <laughs> Lucy. Shit. Could, could she not? Yes, to uh, the team. She won't, I'm sure, I'm sure she won't care that I mentioned her name, but um, she could absolutely, down, down to the hair, she could absolutely... Uh, with such disarming, you know, such charm, she could totally, totally do it. Do you ever but just I, put when, those people in your life? Like Bethany would be one of them that I, I would see as Lucy. Do you ever put people in your life into Twin Peaks characters? Like you say, that person would be that person. And that, like, you, I really, I do it almost every day. I really do try my best to try to envision, like, because some people have quite a personality that they would fit well in the Twin Peaks. <laughs> Into Twin Peaks, and that would be fun though. Too, you know what? We're gonna have to do that. We may not be able to record it, but we're gonna create our own cast of Twin Peaks. It's just uh, people and, we know. Yeah, <laughs> just people we know, and see that would be quite that'd be quite a fiasco. But yeah, <laughs> be a nightmare. Yeah, it, uh, would you welcome yeah. to Nightmare Twin Peaks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Bethany as Lucy is just yeah almost too perfect it hurts but it's, that's kind of that's kind of, i mean very endearingly perfect yeah oh my god dennis could play the um who's the boyfriend later on in season two <laughs> her little boyfriend oh, um <laughs> what you know what i'm talking I, about i know yeah. exactly who you're talking about um <laughs> yeah because the department yeah. store the department yeah Think of his Debonair name. Fellow. Something on the tip of my tongue, and it's not coming to me. But yes, Dennis could yeah. play him very easily, and Brandon could play Andy. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you see, you see. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to think about people in those in those characters and how people that we know and their own personalities relate to these characters. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. This has been absolutely wonderful. And then we will we will I, come back per episode. Yes, I have had a lot of fun doing this because I don't get to talk about Twin Peaks. I don't often. either. It, you know, when we, you and I both post things on Instagram from time to time about, you know, and that's that's how we found that's how I found you. I, I think I found you. through It was something Twin Peaks related. It had to, it had to have been. And um, it just goes to show that this show can, you know, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know a few people if it wasn't for Twin Peaks and, you know, X-Files, things like that, that I hold very near and dear to me. So that's why this show, anytime I can talk about it and get like break it down are you kidding me for my for my gemini ass i could talk about this stuff all, <laughs> all day all day long for your gemini ass yeah i'm i'm not an astrology person but i do see like personality in mm -hmm. each zodiac sign like i could see it in you yeah. gemini yeah. i could definitely see the pisces in myself which is yeah. scary um, <laughs> but we also need to do, to do a rundown of Zodiac at some point. A rundown of Zodiac, at, at the characters of Twin Peaks and how they would. That would be that would be fun. Relate. That would be a lot of fun. And I can't think of that guy's name. It's on the tip of my tongue, but his first name was Dick. Is it? I know what I'm doing. Is Tremaine? Oh, I think it might be. It's something like that or something, something like and I can't find it. And I'm trying to Google and I'm, I'm looking. I literally just Googled Lucy Baby Daddy Twin Peaks and it came up Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's a picture of Andy from The Return. So it's even more awesome. And it also and shows me Wally. I, oh, well, <laughs> so, Michael said Michael said <laughs> I can't wait to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll have one. By the time we get to that, we'll have one hair left on our hand. Because we have talked about, because unfortunately we'll have to talk about James. You have to. He's part of it. As much as I would like to remove that character, that character is part of Twin Peaks and will always be. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you um, for doing this with me and co-hosting so this. For Thank you for asking me. I was absolutely honored that, you know, that you wanted to talk to me about Twin Peaks, that you chose me to talk to about this. So I'm, I'm, I'm very touched and anytime, and I don't care if it is just us two listening, that's fine. But I know that there are people that will want to hear our breakdown of this because we're both funny as hell. For and, sure. Yeah. Uh, we know what we're talking about. This, this right. is not... Hope no one gets upset. Nothing against like a, a 20 year old finding Twin Peaks and, you know, it, and falling in love. That's a wonderful thing. But having, you know, being able to, to, to talk to somebody else that kind of grew up with with this and it was a really big part of my upbringing. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's and the difference. A, yeah. Yeah. And that's I think that's where you and I click with this is that we did you know it's something that we grew up with it's something that became a huge part of our lives when our brains were developing basically like we're teenagers yes. our brains are, aren't even developed until we're like 25. that's like, a really that's a great thing that you brought up because i didn't even think about brain development but that's a whole <laughs> other story because honestly i mean when i think no wonder i'm fucked in the head no sorry pardon my, pardon my language but um the movie, like I said before, the movies, the music, the TV that I watched, that's why it becomes obsessive for me. That's why what I love, I will love till. that's why I will talk about Roadhouse and I will watch it and I will tell say it's another <laughs> love language is watching Roadhouse together. Like it's just, uh, 
I don't know. The show is just so special. It's a world that I wanted to climb into. We all wanted to escape when we were teenagers. And this this was it for me. And so, in some weird way, when we rewatch it, we go back. We revert back to yeah. we're teenagers and we're watching this. And But then again, it's a new experience every time. Like there's something to Absolutely. catch. There's the, yeah. the electricity and the phone and the phone call. Or, you know, there's something to catch every time that you didn't catch yeah. before. And that's the brilliance Absolutely. of david lynch and the, the brilliance of a of a, a good show right x-files included but at x-file i think this you and i will agree this pilot uh i mean i would say x-files too that's it's hard for me to decide honestly because i love x-files so much too but um the best pilot of all time of a of a tv show like hands yeah down, for sure because you're hooked you're in oh, yeah and you, you're in. like every Basically, everybody's disclosed, even silly people that we don't necessarily get too invested in, like Dr. Jacoby, stuff like that. Like, yeah, we don't really get invested in that, but they're part of it. And the major players are out and it's time to roll. Let's rock. Right. And right. We got it. So um, and I am I, I hope we continue this because I'm really looking forward to talking about like the, the episodes coming up, like. Because the second and third, fourth episodes are really, it, it really that? gets cooking. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, this was great. This was like the best, one of the best Saturday nights I've had in a long time. Big same. <laughs> Big same. But yeah, I'm, go I'm going to uh, watch this, watch it again, probably. And, you know, it's been a bit, I know I'm not trying to jump ahead, but whenever I watch this, I want to watch Fire Walk with me and completely destroy my, my life. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really need to be in a, a certain mindset to get through that one. But uh, yeah, just. Uh, Do you ever just watch Simon Fire Walk with me? Just, like, I'm such a David Bowie person, obviously, anyways. Oh, yeah. But mm -hmm. I will just watch this Philip Jeffries scene. And I, oh, that, sure. like, that's all I need at times. Sure. Like, I'll Absolutely. just put on the Philip Jeffries scene. I, I see it beginning to end and he disappears and I'm good. Yeah. Like sometimes I, you just can, need it. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. I, and I can totally see why he was in it. Like, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he was, uh, that he, David Lynch and him knew each other. Like, that should right. that should not have been a surprise in any any respect, uh, I think. Well, think yeah, about that's another everybody that's watched, that was watching this at that time. Yeah. People that went on to be very famous musicians and famous actors and actresses that were watching this at this time. Yeah. David Bowie was watching it. Trent Reznor was watching it, was a fan. Yeah. Marilyn Manson absolutely. was watching it. Like all these people were watching the show and this became part of their lives too, which they were later like integrated into it, which I find really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, talk about worlds colliding. This, yeah. I, I think that's, I, I guess that's another reason you know, we have our opinion on the return, but I mean, there was some great music. Uh, there was some great music. Uh, another thing that I just love about David Lynch is you can tell, like, he is a man of the arts. He loves music. He, mm -hmm. he makes his own music. Um, yeah, it was natural for David Bowie to be Philip Jeffries. That was, the, right. you know, and he came in and commanded for a few minutes and then he did the death. And, and then it was gone. <laughs> he, he left. And then it was a teapot so, later and nobody gave a shit. Nobody gave a shit. We all were wondering how it was going to be handled. And, you know, I I guess, how else was it going to be handled? You know? Right. So, 
And that's about like with Lynch, that's handled pretty gracefully, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, is what it is. So, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to regroup and uh, talk about the first episode. Awesome. The first official episode. Thank you. First official. Yeah. For everything. Did we decide? Yeah. Did we decide on you thought of a wonderful name? Between two worlds. Beautiful. So it cracks me up though, because if you abbreviate it, you know, we we abbreviate (laughs) by the way all the time. And all I hear is my husband Brandon saying in regular conversation and BTW this happened. So that's how I'm gonna hear it in my head is BTW. Oh shit. And it is what it that's is. That's all right. That's okay. It works. It does work. It's perfect. Well, thank you again. And uh, we will be back for thank you, the next episode. All righty. Wonderful. Stay sane. Drink some damn fine coffee. Eat some cherry and pie. And pie. Some cherry pie.